0: Hello and welcome back to the second part of Laps Gamer Radio's Game of the Year show for 2016. I am your host, Mark Hamer, and returning tonight are the entire Laps Gamer Radio crew. Kevin Moore, Stuart Neal, Adam Ducker, Lee Howard, Stuart Cullen, Ali Cornwall, and Andy Pidiecki. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello! Good evening, Hi! All right! All right. We're, we're... Hey, <laughs> so last episode, we covered numbers five through three of our top five fam- uh, favorite games played this year. Tonight, we'll be covering our top two games in 2016, as well as looking at a range of our listeners top fives and name checking some honourable mentions pleasant surprises and any disappointments in gaming in 2016 so we'll start off with our, some of our listener
1: top fives uh, who wants to go first you want me to go first one of our regular listeners Chazzy uh, sent in his top five played of 2016 so far it's Chazzy isn't it well he's called Mark as well so it's just confusing <laughs> <laughs> number one he's got Overwatch number two Trackmania Turbo number three Enter the Gungeon number four
2: Hitman And number 5 Firewatch The next one Is for my old Burr Year of Shame uh, Connor Or VG DBBV Whatever (laughs) he's called On Twitter He changes his name As much as anybody And as always (laughs) He hasn't numbered these Because he's one of the guys Because it's in No particular order Um, He's got volume On the Vita I assume it's a different game for the PS4. Uh, Uncharted 4. He's um, a bit of a, 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 a mean hand at that on the multiplayer, so uh, that seems to be his, uh, his go-to thing. Uh, Azubu, uh, the, the fish simulator, which is an amazing game. Hitman, which seems to be on a lot of people's lists. And The Ratchet & Clank Remastered, um, which Nicely. we spoke about quite heavily in the first mm. part of this sure so yeah um all playstation is is kept up the national pride for them well done son <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay and another list that we've had is from our keen listener and friend uh welsh benno so that's howard and he's put the past 12 months has all been about playing the classics for me and he's got at number five uncharted 2 number four super mario 3d world 3 is gta 5 2 fallout 3 and number one so he's favourite game that he's played in 2016 for the first time is Mass Effect good list that's an impressive achievement playing through some of them <laughs> some long games there S- some gameplay yeah. time yeah especially yeah.
0: those top two that's a, that's, a, I mean, oof, that's a lot of game there <laughs> yeah <laughs> this one's from Lee Scoville um, at pop Chop XS oh he's a
2: big trouble on Michael Chinatown fan <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah <laughs> his, his number five is Titanfall 2 his number four is Hitman his number three is Virginia? Never heard of that one. Number two is Uncharted 4, and his number one is Overwatch.
5: Hey. Hey.
4: His honourable mentions of Final Fantasy 15, Inside, and Oxenfree.
5: And um, from one of our other listeners, Zach Singer, who is at magician underscore Arcana. In no particular order, he's been playing Overwatch, No Man's Sky, Final Fantasy 15, Last Window. And tales of Zestiria
0: from uh, good friend of the show Andy Palmer at Remalaptar on Twitter. Uh, he's put in no particular order: The Division, uh, Duskus, Titanfall 2, XCOM 2, and Dark Souls 3, uh, and his top five games that he's depressed about not playing yet this year: <laughs> uh, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, Dishonored 2, Final Fantasy 15, Doom. Although he has actually started playing that now more of hitman He put doom is making a late claim for me at the end of that list but yeah he, he's he's recently started playing that and i think it probably would have snuck onto his top five games of the
1: year list from the impression It's yeah, recently come down in price as well hasn't it doom so it's you can get it pretty yes. cheap. yes yeah
0: um adam do you want to do the next one sure um so
6: one of our guests this year from the mon cast and the year of steam's little sister was um stevie patmore and we've got a list from one to five from Stevie. Must have taken him ages to whittle it down because played about a million games from what I can understand from that episode.
4: <laughs> yeah, that was an um,
6: impressive list. So to the moon's number one. Number two is inside. Number three is volume. Number four is the Turing test. And number five is Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth and then stevie went on to say i'm surprised at how much i've neglected my non-pc games but i'm gonna try and fix that in 2017 and away finds the time but
4: (laughs) from another keen listener and social media buddy alex russell who's at abattoir noises um he's sent in his relative some order um number one another one for overwatch number two uncharted 4 again Number three, everybody's gone to the rapture. And four inside and five just goes three.
5: Another one in no particular order, this time from Matt L who is at Lamo Math. His list is Mario Sixty Four, Half Life, Civilization 2, Doom, the original, and Revenge of Shinobi. Going back to the classics there.
3: Yeah, he's a massive retro gamer. Some (laughs) great titles there in that list.
5: Big friend and previous guest of the show, Nick Jones, at
0: It 360 said, "Uh, well, the games I've been playing are Overwatch, Battlefield 1, uh, South Park Stick of Truth... Uh, Disney Infinity two and th- uh, version two and three and Unraveled and the next one on the list is the professional podcast whoer himself the the staple of Ireland the joy of the
2: Emerald Isle sorry Stuart it's not you it's calm Sheridan <laughs> I'm the top it, end. It, it, yeah you are, you are, you are, the, you are the, the, the top cream of the crop <laughs> this guy just hears himself in the streets anyway um I've wooded saved loaded. Infamy and other places and yeah if you're opening a bag of crisps he'll be there <laughs> so um, yeah his top 5 are Lego Dimensions he's too old to be playing that I'm phoning the polis uh, Life is Strange again he's too old to be playing that I'm phoning the police. E-G-T-T-R
3: What is this? Everybody's, everybody's gone, to runs, gone to the Rapture Ah, ah right ah.
2: It'd, be just too, it'd be too easy to write Everybody's Gone to the Rapture so, um, <laughs> He'd probably fall asleep Before he'd finished it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, god! probably still stuck in the pub um, <laughs> uh, The Witcher 3 Which he claims to have finished But I'm calling bullshit And Uncharted 4 So, yeah, that's his uh, top five. Take of that what you will.
3: So, one of our behind-the-scenes crew members of LGR is Jack Smith at Chronogenesis, and he really kind of delivered the mother load in the sense of uh, he gave us, like, seven separate lists with some really detailed comments, which we're obviously delighted to receive. So what we're going to do is actually put all of that up verbatim onto the LGR blog. Um, But today, obviously, just for time considerations we're just going to read out the titles but of course we were immensely grateful to jack for going to you know great lengths to give us an overview obviously of his gaming year considering he's not been able to kind of join us on the show so the first one we've got here is so he's got seven top five lists of games he's played this year because he clearly can't stick to a pre-arranged format um, the anarchist <laughs> that he is um, so he's put after much deliberation here's my five favourite 3DS games played this year so he's got Hyrule Warriors Legends Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice Pocket Card Jockey Pokemon Sun and Rhythm Paradise Megamix his
5: five Wii U games, um, which have been so fun they've pulled me away from playing my 3DS, they have been The Binding of Isaac Rebirth, Jotan Valhalla Edition, Picross 3D, Severed, and Super Mario Maker. Uh, his five Wii U, What well, the five Wii U
0: games that he really needs to start playing or play more of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, uh, Human Resources Machine, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD, Never Alone, and Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE.
4: It says, my five favourite games played this year which are made of cardboard are Archaeology, The New Expedition, Castillon, uh The Castles of Burgundy, the card game, Legendary and Marvel deck building game, and Pyramid Arcade. Boo, no dead of winter. Boo.
6: Disappointed. <laughs> His five favourite games played on the iPad this year, not all of which were board games, were 80 Days, The Battle of Polytopia, Paperback, Patchwork, and Solitarica? Soli- yeah, I think Solitarica. Uh, solitarica. Yeah. We'll go with Solitarica.
4: That sounds better. His five games he wishes he could have included on one of the other lists but didn't are... For <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> a West.
4: For West. <laughs> yeah. Fire Emblem Fates on 3DS. Mini Metro on the iPad. Ooh, nice call. Yeah. The Networks on Tabletop. Uh... Kai Cross or Picross on 3D, Round 2 on 3DS, uh, and Tokaido on tabletop and iPad.
3: And Jack was kind enough just to kind of write a few words for us to kind of sum it all up, and he's put my definitive five favourite games of the year in order. Uh, Shrug, there are so many fantastic games I've played this year that I've enjoyed and for so many different reasons it's hard to quantify a definitive list. Even limiting things to just these 30 titles feels like I'm doing a number of excellent experiences a real disservice by not including them. Every title mentioned above has been a joy and while I may not be able to provide a succinct, neat and numbered list like you asked for, I hope something above that I've mentioned has managed to catch your interest and lead you on your own world of enjoyment. And of course we just need to reiterate thanks to Jack and do Do check out the um, Laps Gamer blog because all, all of, you know, Jack's detailed comments about all of those titles, a number of which are new to me. You know, you'll be able to find out more by heading over there in due course. move on to
0: the meat and potatoes of tonight's episode, we're just going to run through our honourable mentions, uh, biggest surprises and biggest disappointments of the year. Uh, Kev, do you want to start us off? Well,
4: I can do mine pretty quickly because my uh, honourable mention, biggest surprise and disappointment of the year are all rolled into one unit. It's the <laughs> NES Classic Mini. <laughs>
3: oh, hey, tell wow. us more then. What, what, what's, what we, I take it you were initially elated and then that subsided quickly. Oh, well, <laughs> Kind of, no.
4: Um, it's my honourable mention because I think it's it deserves mentioning because it's such a fantastic piece of machinery. Um, and just to be able to play all these without running an emulator, without having to build a Raspberry Pi or do anything else, you know, just buy it, get it out of the box and play. That's what I want and that's what it gives me in spades. It's a great piece of machinery. Um, that's also why it's the biggest surprise, because, let's face it, nobody knew a fucking thing about this until they just dropped it on us. You know, we're in the middle of everybody announcing everything, and then Nintendo would just go, oh, yeah, by the way, chaps, this is coming out. Boom. Drop the mic, fuck off out.
7: <laughs> and that's it.
4: <laughs> what about this bitch piece? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But then it's my biggest disappointment as well, because there's some bits of it that just really annoying. But they've been fixed now, to be fair, because my cables came finally from China last week. So after two months, I can actually now play the NES Classic Mini in my chair, not sat on my television set. Mm.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so the cables are so short.
4: yeah. Yeah, the cables are ridiculously short. They're actually shorter than my forearm.
0: So, it's,
3: uh, <laughs> do you
4: insane... reckon
0: they do this? Like they bring out like really small form factors of of hardware?s Like there was like the the Game Boy Micro, and now the, the NES Mini, and presume there's going to be a Snes Mini and things like that, hmm. just to torture Reggie Fizamae because he's got such massive hands and he's <laughs> fifty foot tall. <laughs> he, he really is pork ch- chop
4: excess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's it. They, it's just everything in one box, and that's exactly how it should be. It's the NES Classic Mini.
3: Yeah, and I, but on on a positive note, then the actual like you know it is still essentially like a, an emulation machine. There's but it is a like it, from my understanding, it is a superior experience to what you get on the Wii U. Because isn't the guys that are responsible for this they're going to be the ones working on the emulation that are gonna, that's going to work on right. the Switch.
4: You know more about it than I do. All I know is it, it runs well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's only what I'm, that's only
3: what I've read. That they were so that they've been so impressed with how they've managed to get the NES games looking and running and sounding on that system. That they that those people are going to be in charge of, you know, trying to do the same for the Switch.
4: Yeah, that would make sense because when you look at how this runs, you know, you can run it in three different modes if you want, you know, and um, each one works. Perfectly, just depends which one you want. You know, um, I I prefer the full full screen full HD, but I know some people want
5: to keep it real and keep it
4: eight bit. Not me.
5: (laughs) Uh, Stuart Neil, Um, my honourable mention um, has actually technically I have a a couple of games um, just purely because of the sort of ingenious mechanics and things of them. Um, So it's mostly actually been on mobile. Uh, So things like Hocus, There Is No Game, Brave Knight, and Uh, To a lesser extent, Reigns, although I'll talk about that um, in my actual top 10 list as well. Just games that actually use a completely different control system. Mm. Um, there is no game is brilliant yeah to what people are used to um, and just sort of being very very clever with it Um, another one that I've been playing on the PC is Wheels of Aurelia um, which is technically a driving a driving game but there's a whole story and everything and you're actually interacting with people and you know um, keeping a conversation going while you're driving um, which is uh, very very clever and it's a really interesting um, scenario and everything because it's set in Italy I think in the 70s so it's been really interesting but my one proper honourable mention and uh, one that I actually finished this year is Her Story um, which is just a fantastic concept for a game and is so well developed and played out in that one little game and while it is fantastic and I would love there to be like a sequel or another one in that style I don't think it would work again because it is so unique and uh, so well done Adam,
6: uh, so my... Honorable mentions. Um, and mostly just games that I guess didn't fit into my top 10 for various reasons. I weren't, didn't quite make the cut. So, uh, I have Forza Horizon 3, which just didn't make the cut just because I feel like I haven't quite played enough of it yet. Uh, Rocket League, which I really enjoyed when it came out on Xbox earlier in the year. Gears 4, which I talked about before, really good Gears game, like. Very polished and a lot of fun. And then FIFA 17 gets an honourable mention just for them trying something new with the uh, journey story mode. But it wasn't quite enough to get it into the top ten on its own. My biggest disappointment was Quantum Break. Um, I don't think it was a terrible Ooh, game. Stuart C is going to get the. Arm. <laughs> <laughs> i'll just get sean ashmore to phone him don't worry
3: <laughs>
0: uh,
6: but like it didn't deliver on some of its promise like the whole mixed media thing with the tv show was kind of half baked and it had one of the most terrible um final boss fights ever one of those that just wrecked the game any momentum it had going up to that final boss battle was just kind of wrecked and then my biggest surprise but still not good enough again to make it to the list was dying light the following enhanced edition so they kind of re released Dying Light at the beginning of the year with some DLCs set out in the countryside and it was really a lot of fun. And it was a game I wasn't expecting a lot from. But definitely worth um people checking out if it goes cheaper in like the Boxing Day sales and
1: stuff. So yep, that's all from me. I think if if you've already got Dying Light as well, don't you get the, the following enhanced edition as like part of a Something, an updated uh, package?
6: Yeah, yeah, it was some they like, re released it separately and then yeah, there was some sort of way to thank the people that had already bought it yeah you're right yeah
3: cool um lee so my honorable mention is actual sunlight which we won't really need to go into much depth with because i believe Stuart and i talked about it on a more recent episode but that's really kind of there just because it kind of stretches that classification of what a game even is you know that whole Mm. kind of fact that it's really a memoir um giving insight to the developer you know the guy that created the games. Uh, battle with depression and it was just an interesting and, and kind of really kind of th- quite thought-provoking experience even though it's only sort of shy of two hours so again you know definitely worth checking out for people who've got curiosity to experience that and i just really wanted to shout out games that I completed this year on a different platform but i'd already finished in previous years so they couldn't make it into my list so the wolf among us Sonic the Hedgehog and Streets of Rage so great games that would have been on my list if I you know if I'd have completed them for the first time in 2016 don't know why um, everyone's laughing <laughs> disappointments For me, really, just kind of subjective experiences. So I I haven't really been able to get into Telltale's Batman adventure game just more because I'm trying to play it on a laptop. Um, And I just found my experience with episode one was so kind of poor frame rate and just it's just really put me off. So I'm sure they fixed it by now. And once all Um, all the episodes are out, I'll give it a go again. the
1: (laughs) The last episode drops tomorrow, doesn't it? Yeah. And let's just be fair, you may as well just call it tell janky tale because uh, okay like this, this is this usual- where batman's walking around like a two-pin plug as if he's got no knees or <laughs> something hmm. it's like yeah. it, it is disappointing the, the story is really really good and it's on point and i know we're going to do another uh, episode about it
3: at some point yeah i'd love to i'd love to play through it It sounds yeah. like
1: the
0: description for every single telltale game the story's really good but the engine's broken yeah. Well, I,
3: I mean, Every I, I, single I, game Part of me is like kind of I don't want to say I'm pleased to hear other people having problems That's not what I mean But I thought it yeah, was kind are. of just that I was trying to play the game On a machine that couldn't handle it um, yeah. And kind of like regretting my decision to get it I couldn't wait for it if you know what I mean I got it on mm. Steam because it came out there first Whereas really I probably should have just waited And got it on console or something like that Yeah I mean mm.
1: I'm playing it on the PS4 And it's it has it's moments Because there's quite a bit of fighting in this one as well you have got to move things and whatnot. And sometimes it's that stuttery, if you like initially that you sometimes miss the first one or two. And it's a bit frustrating, but
3: yeah, I'm sure uh, when we, when I get through it and we, we do get to do a playlist episode on it or an extra episode, I'm sure I've got a lot of positives to say, but yeah, just sadly, that's a game that I kind of thought I'd be spending a lot of time with this year, but because of the kind of performance issues, it's just maybe go elsewhere. Um, And other than that, things like Matomo, like, you know, just a complete, flash in the pan that you know we started playing and kind of had a bit of fun with and then yeah. it became a massive data creep on your phone mm-hmm. just couldn't wait to get rid of it um, that's my worry with the mario games. i'm hearing already that you have to be online all the time and that actually that's gonna end up eating up a lot of memory so i will give it a go but i guess expectations have been tempered because mm. just not a great although it looks polished and things like that it just actually wasn't that particularly enjoyable to you know to the user really
0: it was fun for like a couple of weeks when everyone was playing it and then then it kind of died
3: well i didn't even try pokemon go to be honest off the back of it which i'm sure oh, I'm, is probably still a more polished pokemon go. yeah okay so that's probably yeah. like a more polished product and obviously that's not nintendo that's um no. is it niantic yeah. um so yeah I, I don't know i'm still not sold i guess is what i'm saying on nintendo on phones even though it's mm. very early days um, and then really just most pleasant surprise is that I managed to finish more games this year than I did last year, which is a big deal for me. And that I've actually got more <laughs> games to talk about on the blog that, you know, we're doing six to <laughs> 10. So I'll, I'll put them on there. So, uh, no, it's been personally a good year for me, even though I've got less free time. Somehow I've managed to play more games. But that obviously powers in comparison to the massive achievement that Adam's being very modest about the fact that he's completed uh, or he's going to complete 100 games. I mean, that's just incredible achievement.
6: Too much time, isn't it?
3: The problem. <laughs> <laughs> Dedication,
6: <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll go with that.
2: Okay, Stuart Cullen, yay! Um, yeah, honorable mentions. Um, Rocket League was Rocket League, um, mm. XCOM 2 was XCOM 2. Um, you notice how it's all games that have been released on other platforms that are honorable mentions. Uh, Binaries is not, <laughs> but Binaries it was a very nice. Local indie game, uh, I really enjoyed that. And ride two was uh, was pretty good as well. Everything's kind of decent. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, everything I mentioned. There some amazing games, some not so amazing games, and everything in between. Um, just just good games all round. Um, biggest surprise of the year, um, <laughs> Nintendo Two DS. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that is true. That, that was a surprising moment. My, my hat did fall off. Whoop, there goes my hat. <laughs> Bye, hat. Um... Probably indie stuff, other than that, um, just the wealth, uh, strength of indie stuff. There's probably is, I'm probably curtailed in what I play in indie, but I felt like there wasn't as much shit this year, and there was just a lot more really solid, rounded, hitting titles, you know what I mean? Probably is as much shit as ever out there. It's just, there's a lot of decent stuff coming to the surface. Um, and why not? VR! Let's just throw VR <laughs> in there, because yeah. it's... Um, it, it was good. It was good while it lasted. I mean, no, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> it had a good end. Yeah, it's it's an it's an impressive piece of kit to have in your home. You know what I mean? Next to your toaster and your Hoover, it's revolutionised how I love my life night. day to day. Um, not quite. But yeah, um, disappointment in the year. Um, uh, <clears> time <throat> Um, no. Um, Ghostbusters was horrific. Um, it was a cash grab, and the fact they couldn't get the original mailcast. no I'm not talking about the film I'm talking about the, the game no um, the game was pretty shit it was horrible it was janky it was £40 it should have been £15 it lacked online co-op uh, just it just no just no disappointing um, and then a similar vein uh, Homefront Revolution was also a janky game at the start and it ran like a piece of shit and it just hmm. uh, I don't know if it's been updated that. I know there that's uh, Dambuster Studios have been tweeting and stuff so they, m- they might have updated it but I've not one back to it and I just think under its janky jankiness there was a reasonable jemmy and idea in there but it was just too broke for its own good at times so yeah disappointment of the year broken games being released <gasps> oh my god the humanity um <laughs> and Titanfall 2 so yeah um that
1: was my that was my disappointment of the year <laughs> Okay, uh, Ali. So my honourable mentions um, has to go to uh, Planet Coaster. Firstly, um, fantastic game. Uh, it's kind of came off the back of uh, a bit of crowdfunding, I think. Uh, but overall, really good game. I've just not had enough time to put into it. Um, it's one of those games that's basically a massive sandbox game, so you can go on and on and on. Um, and I've just not had a chance to really put a lot of time into it to be able to probably pull it in my top ten. Um, Dark Souls 3 uh, not normally the type of game I go for anything that would make me want to snap a controller in half doesn't <laughs> normally get too much of a play time at all on my uh, <laughs> on any console um, but I've managed to persevere with it and really enjoy that um, and Pokemon Go um, just because um, it was a little bit of a fad, I'm still playing it now I've just caught a Pikachu with a Christmas hat on uh, which is <laughs> great um, so yeah it's one of those things that for a lot of people it's just been a flash in the pan um, but I, I do think it's worth a mention because although it's not, not really a game it did a lot we did an extra episode on it and it mm. it, it did a lot to, to keep people going out for just for those first couple of months um, until it died down but there was a, a massive hype behind it and I think they did a really Mate. good job with it
0: I've, I've mentioned it before, but I live in quite an old part of uh, my town, so there's a lot of landmarks nearby, so within 10 minutes walk of me, there's like five different gyms, and they are, there is a constant battle for them going on. Every single day, they change hands several times a day, um, still, so yeah. there are yeah. people still playing it. I mean, I still play it.
1: Yeah, I do, yeah. And I think it's it's one of those games that gets its core group, and then it'll probably stay with that. People might come back to it when there's updates and hmm. new things coming out and whatnot, um, depending on how much publicity that gets. But yeah, I just thought that was worth a, an honourable mention. Yeah. Um, my biggest surprise, or well, probably got two, um, but the biggest one for me was Hitman. When it was first mentioned. I when they said the uh, it was going to be done in episodes I instantly thought oh no not another game that's just going to be a, a DLC cash cow and it's going to be X amount per episode and things which kind of was the case but they they did that so well that I think a lot of other games can follow on from that um, not all of them because there are some that it won't fit this model with um, but but Square got that model down to a T and um, and, and it was, yeah, they just executed it. Not not with perfection, but near enough. Um, and the other one for me was the PS4. Um, I've been a, a late-comer to the PS4. I'm a bit of an Xbox fanboy.
3: Oh, not another. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but somehow I've managed to play all of the, looking back at it recently, I've managed to play all the Uncharted games on release day. And I don't know how I've managed to do that because I wouldn't class myself as a PlayStation guy. But no, it's it's been really good. It's probably the console at the minute that I'm playing the most, depending on my mood and what I want to play. But yeah, so that was my other biggest surprise. And my biggest disappointment, I've got a couple. One we just touched on, which was Batman Telltale series. The story is really good. I've got the last two episodes to do. But I just wish Telltale would... they, They surely made enough money off the back of all these games that they've done. A to make Wolf Among Us 2. Um, <laughs> please please <laughs> uh, um, yeah. and B surely someone can just give them some money Get, let them have that frostbite engine or the Unreal 4 engine or something and just make it play better look better and feel better um, it's it's getting a bit old that I think for not hardcore gamers but, but gamers that like these type of games are starting to go can you just make people walk properly surely it's not that hard to do <laughs> or someone can help them um it's like it's the jank engine um from 92 or something uh so that was uh quite a bit of a disappointment apart from the story which this seems to get on point
0: it'd be nice if like it's telltale had been doing this for such a long time and yet like don't nod entertainment came in with their second ever game uh with life is strange and managed to get that running pretty much perfectly yeah. in a s for a similar sort of game yeah. that doesn't have any no, junk no. in it. And Telltale have been doing this for a long time now; they yeah. should know better.
1: And I think they've made a lot of money off it as well for the games that they've done. and oh, they have and whatnot. Yeah, um, to
3: even but, be able to afford the licenses, they must you know yeah. they must be yeah. absolutely raking. And it,
1: it. especially with stuff like. Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy coming out um, there's more Walking Dead and this is there something else as well in the pipeline
7: more Game of Friends. yeah so
1: mm. I just think it's time that engine had a bit of a, an upgrade and and my last big disappointment was No Man's Sky a lot of hype about it I tried not to get on the hype train looked at the things that were coming out for it and didn't live up to the, the expectations of the game not having any multiplayer and the fact that all the planets were supposed to be different when you went to them and they weren't. Um, I had a lot of fun with the game. Um, and it's one of those games that you just don't realise that you've just sunk four hours into. And like, hmm. Jesus, I need to go to bed and <laughs> have a couple of <laughs> hours sleep before I go to work. So I do enjoy it. It was just disappointing that what we were promised wasn't there, which seems to be a lot with games these days. But I think this has been one of the biggest culprits of... Uh, maybe a slightly indie studio. I don't know whereabouts they sit in that realm. Um, over yeah, there's twelve. Either overachieving or yeah, or being told to push further and I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of. It's probably another separate podcast for that. But but yeah, that's my my honourable mentions and disappointments and stuff.
7: Cool, uh, Andy. Yeah. So some honourable mentions this year go to Green Fandango, the remastered one. Which nice. we did an episode on. It was a very nice game and fun to play. God of War Ascension, because we always need a bit of Kratos in our lives, you know, <laughs> ripping monsters apart. And It just sets you up nicely for the new one coming out. Costume Quest, a nice little light RPG, you know, ideal to get yourself in. If you're looking to RPGs, it's just a nice little entrance. Coolzone Mercenary, it shows that Vita does have power and can do um, FPS's, and a bit of nostalgia when playing Madden 16 reminded me of my Mega Drive days playing Madden. Biggest disappointment was the Castlevania Lord of Shadows 2, um, after Mercury Steam, I believe, had done the hard work of creating such a brilliant game. The first one got everybody on side with their vision and everything, they threw it all away, and decided to jump off a cliff without a parachute. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah, basically it's shit. Who wants to play Dracula as a weak person? Um, (laughs) Who wants to play it modern day? Um, It is just a mismatch of things. It's just conflicting visions, and nah. Surprise, I suppose it was a PS4 Pro and the Scorpio announcements, and the collective heart attacks of vast amounts of um, gamers when they realised their consoles now are going to be like PCs. So, yeah. Cool. Right, so
0: uh, my honourable mentions for this year would be uh, Trackmania Turbo, which, um, oh, Chazzy was saying that it's his favourite racing game in in years. Um, It's probably my favourite arcade racing game since... Um, Burnout Paradise. Uh, if it wasn't for like the the sheer number of quality RPGs and shooters um, that came out this year, this would have been on my top ten. It just got edged out. It's an absolutely bonkers um, arcade racer. Yoshi's Woolly World again edged slightly edged out by some of the other top quality titles that I played this year on the Wii U. There were just too many, so this one just got edged out as well. It's a it's it's a lovely little uh, 2D platformer and fury uh which was a real surprise uh came out uh launched on ps plus it's on it's on xbox now as well i assume it'll come to pc as well and it's just if we had an award for like most stylish game then this game would win hands down it's like a perfect mix of like really really punishingly difficult but like pinpoint tactile um combat like mixing like dark souls style combat with like devil may cry and like a twin stick shooter as well but then also combining that with a really really striking art style which was done by um the guy who did uh, afro samurai and one of the best game soundtracks i've heard this year like the complete package is just like unlike anything i've played this year um despite the fact i'm still less than halfway through it because it is so hard like it's harder i've i've played all of the blood uh, all of the dark souls games on bloodborne and this is harder than any of them um but yeah that was a, a a real interesting game uh my biggest disappointments of 2016 uh in terms of game uh the only real disappointment i had this year was mad max um had so much promise uh, really interesting property to work with, uh, coming out of you know the back of uh, Shadow of Mordor, which was a really good open world game. Mad Max is just it's it's disappointing in the fact that because it, it misses it misses out on so many things that should have been in there. Like the open world is is beautiful uh the the story is quintessential mad max and bits of it are fun like the car combat and stuff like that is fun but everything else is just boring and really annoying and just gets in the way of having fun and there's just too much of it so on balance that was the most disappointing game i played this year probably the most disappointing game i played in a a few years i'm glad i finished it but it was not enjoyable
1: very repetitive as well super
0: repetitive yeah um and then the only other really disappointment from this year was No Man's Sky. Now, not the game itself. I, I wasn't disappointed with the game. I kind of didn't buy into too much of the hype in terms of. Like, I, I was like, I was definitely excited for the game, but I, I didn't pay too much attention to all of these. You know, a lot of the stuff that Sean Murray and people were saying before the game came out, and a lot of the stuff that perhaps people had sort of taken what Sean Murray had said and put expectations on the game that it was never going to meet. My disappointment is more to do with the fact that the the way that the community turned on Hello Games... um, Obviously, I'm not including Ali in that. Like your, your criticism of the games are perfectly valid. Thank you. But <laughs> bef- before the game came out, like the No Man's Sky subreddit was very rabidly in support of uh, No Man's Sky to the point that they would be very nasty to anyone who's had any doubts about it. And then when the game came out, they turned on a sixpence to just hating on Sean Murray and Hello Games um, for months and months and months. Uh, and, you know, there the, was all the No Man's Lie memes and people comparing Sean Murray to Peter Molyneux and things like that. And then when this new update came out, they turned on the sixpence again and suddenly it's the best game in the world again. It's just like, I've never met a more fickle bunch of, of, of fans than like the diehard No Man's Sky fans. Um, the game is what it is. It's a good game. It's probably not what people were expecting, Um but I've had a lot of fun with it, and I'm going to continue having a lot of fun with it. But the the No Man's Sky subreddit, uh, in particular, and like other areas where No Man's Sky fans would congregate, just became so toxic in those months between the game coming out, the No Man's Sky, the, the, the Hello Games going to radio silence, and then the new patch coming out. It was just it was just horrible, like a horrible area of the internet. So um, yeah, the, the whole No Man's Sky kerfuffle. Goes into my biggest disappointments of the year. Mm. Uh, In terms of biggest surprises, um, I guess any real big surprises was Final Fantasy XV and The Last Guardian actually coming out, (laughs) like you can actually go into shops (laughs) and buy them.
3: I'm hearing really good things though. Like some people are saying, you know, I know like a lot of people like God, I don't even even think about it anymore because it's been so long in development. But (laughs) some people are genuinely saying they think it's a masterpiece. So yeah, maybe it will prove worth the wait after all.
0: From what I've heard, Last Guardian's got like some jank and camera issues and and control issues, but it's like that's the sort of thing you kind of live, you kind of expect with a team eco game. Like if you've played Eco or Shadow of the Colossus, you you know there's some jank. You accept it for what the you know what the game gives you, what the story gives you. And Final Fantasy XV, like, it came out and squeezed straight onto my top five. So the fact that those two games were in development for... Final Fantasy XV was in development for a decade, and The Last Guardian was in development for nine years, and they're both finally out. Um, Yeah, that's my biggest surprise of 2016. Pleasant surprise. Number two. Moving on to the main event of the evening then, uh, Kev, what is your number two game of 2016? Hmm, my number two is probably
4: no surprise to anybody that's been listening to the show, but it's a puzzle game, and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's Hitman Go, um, possibly one of the finest looking puzzle games I've ever played, not only does it look great, it sounds amazing, um, it really sucks you in, and... It really does start to eat away at your time, to the point where you actually get pieces of graph paper and start drawing
0: out exactly what your moves are, aren't you, Mark? (laughs) Yep, yep. I don't care, I'm proud of it. (laughs) I got that platinum. I got that platinum legitimately.
4: I am still chasing that platinum. It's impossible. (laughs) Uh, It is really hard. Yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic game. Um, We've talked at length about it, so I'll not bore you again with the same chorus, but yeah, that was just a complete bolt from the blue as well, um, got it pretty cheap, started playing it on the Vita, and mm. then found out that you could play it on the PS4 cross-play and that just opened my eyes to a whole new way of working, um, mm. a lovely, lovely game.
0: I've been uh, sorely tempted to rebuy it on the phone because it's available on um, Gear VR, so, I could play the whole thing like on the VR headset, kind of like with the three dimensional boards in front of me. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So, I've been tempted to to play that again. It is fucking great. Yeah. Off the back yep. of you guys going on about that, it was, what, I think, the first game I brought on my Vita when I got it. Yeah. Um, I've completed it. I just need to chase that holy platinum <laughs> for it. But uh, good looks <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I need to go back to it. I did um, play along with you guys, I think, for the first couple of balls, but then I was hitting a brick wall of difficulty <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is a great game and it does play really nicely on Vita so yeah that's one of a long yeah. list of games I kind of started but didn't finish but uh, I'm pleased to see it on your list Kev it yeah. is one
0: of those ones where it's like you can look at a puzzle like look at one of the boards and just have absolutely no idea what to do and just bang your head against it for you know an hour or so mm. and then all of a sudden it just clicks and then you feel like a genius yeah I'm
3: alright I'm all in thinking though if you accept if you accept like um, a tip that's it like if you even accept yeah. one, oh, yeah. tip, yeah. Yeah. one tip, the platinum's gone. One
0: tip blocks off the platinum. Yeah. Right. So
3: what happens then? You have to like restart the game. Or? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. What? So don't go for the tip. I think I already have. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it might have been in the end. Oh. I gave it in. <laughs> oh man.
0: <laughs> Stuart Neil, what is your number two game of 2016?
5: My number two game of 2016 is the 2015 release, Splatoon. Yay! The finest third person as squad based shooter on any console currently hands down yep um we've talked at length um last year and this year about splatoon and i picked it up this year purely because everybody on the podcast been going on about it and it started to drop in price as well um so i think i got it for about 20 pounds which wasn't too bad at all and uh while i only got involved in the very last splatfest Um, The game itself has just been fantastic and uh, has just been so much fun. Um, Even my son has been playing um, a little bit online and uh, even just playing the single player which is a really nice addition and uh, it kind of sorely missed a lot of the things that have been added to it um, in the last nearly two years. uh, it was only, what, a couple of months ago that uh, they actually stopped um, providing any supports for, for it. And um, so, yeah. yeah, the game, it's been one of those ones where the game was a little bit bare bones whenever it was first released, yeah. but the support from um, Nintendo and um, has just been fantastic and uh, has really expanded what the game could have been into something spectacular Yeah, and uh, it's just so great and so much fun and again the servers are still fairly easy to get into games don't last an
3: awful long time and uh, it's no.
0: just good fun it's a rigid three minutes yep. per match
3: yep there'll be more to come definitely I mean that's a new franchise for them, isn't it no.
5: Yeah, there will yeah. definitely be something Splatoon related on the Switch and they're even talking about a, a bundle so whether or not that will be um, Splatoon 2 or just a rejigged version of Splatoon um, we'll have to wait and see
4: Either way, I'm happy Leading typical, i have just go over the tutorial level on this one
3: <laughs> Great. Yeah, I mean, I must admit I haven't touched it anywhere near as much as I should because Mario Kart still kind of draws me to it but i will (laughs) now that we know obviously there's gonna be more to come on the switch as well and i would love to get on with you guys because i know adam's got it uh, in recent months as well so that'd be great to you know to get my ass whipped handed to me by you (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: it's so like it's considering this is like the first sort of game like this that nintendo's made that have made like a multiplayer shooter game before But it's not first party. It's just so good, and it's like incredibly easy to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, But there's a hell of a lot of depth uh, in there once once you start like experimenting with different weapons and different techniques and different like team tactics and things like that. It's like it's an incredibly deep shooter, but it's incredibly easy to just pick up and start playing. And Matchmaking takes seconds, still, mm-hmm. like, the, the player base has not dropped off, like, it helps that it doesn't regionalize that, it's like, you, you jump in a game and you might be the only English person or the only Western person yeah. in a match for Japanese players, uh, but there's no latency at all, um, never had server drops or anything like that, uh, it's just, oh, it's almost perfect. It
5: really is, there's, there's not a bad thing you can say about it.
0: Adam what is your number two game my number
6: two is a game that we've already featured during this process and it is uh, super hot on the Ooh. xbox i played it on um i don't have much else to add other than what um on top of what Stuart cullen said last time round. um the thing that did i guess i want to touch on a bit that drew me to this game and made me instantly buy it as cool as the timey Uh, shooting mechanics were there is a really cool like narrative under there and it's all i'm into anything that's like meta and like trying to break that fourth wall and there's a lot of um stuff about like player agency and stuff in there and then it kind of has a kind of disturbing ending um which i'm not going to spoil but definitely worth if you're into things like the matrix and stuff it definitely evokes memories of like machines controlling things and stuff so it's very interesting where it takes the plot Um, so anybody that's into like puzzle games who might not usually be into shooters i definitely recommend it anybody that's into things like maybe even like the stanley parable and stuff it evokes some memories of the like the thoughts and the discussions it brings out of it it's um worth looking into it if you haven't already done so and it has a fantastic art style like a very unique art style as uh, Stuart said, it's like very stark white and then black for items that you can collect and then these very distinct uh, red enemies, Avatar guys. So yeah, definitely worth looking at if you haven't. It's my number two,
0: well-deserved. And I guess if you have the uh, relevant equipment, it's, there's now like a slightly stripped-down version of it is available uh, on the Oculus Rift if you've got the yep. um, Oculus Touch controllers, and that just looks insane.
6: <laughs> yeah, it looks like they've uh, taken the... Better bits of VR, like they've added new motion stuff to make some of that stuff, and then they've made it so there's less like turning around in time. You try it's more everything's in front of you, Mm. but then you're doing more with your arms. I think in that one, if your arms are moving, time's moving, uh, which adds another interesting spin on it. And apparently, that has a bit more of this meta narrative hidden under there. So, um, if I ever pick up VR, I'm definitely going to look at getting that.
0: Uh, Lee, what is your number two game of 2016?
3: Well, like Adam, our one's already been, oh, sorry, my number two, one second favorite game of the year has already been discussed uh, on part one of the Games of the Year show. And as I'm sure Andy and others can attest, we talked about it for a few rolling weeks earlier in the year when I was playing through it and that is of course Captain Toad Treasure Tracker and um, this Yay. is a I think this is one of those games that came out of the tail end of 2014 it might even have been Christmas 2014 over here so um, I think a lot of people might have played it and included it in their lists last year um, but I obviously got to it like I was saying the beginning of 2016 it's developed by Nintendo EAD Tokyo so it's actually the same developers that made Super Mario 3D World and um, as we've already sort of said in the past this is kind of like a um retrospective prequel as far as kind of like nintendo plots and stories go we know they're kind of like <laughs> as shallow as as a puddle but ultimately you are captain toad they've expanded the whole kind of um, adventures of captain toad levels from 3d world these ones don't have a time limit or anything like that it's much more about um collecting coins trying to navigate a path through all the obstacles to reach the kind of power star and um collecting like three super gems so again it's like that great nintendo um approach where you can really kind of choose how you're going to play through the game how kind of much of a completionist you're going to be uh, i love the fact that they're all the little kind of levels are almost little mini universes of their own and you can kind of rotate them and you know look in all the kind of crevices and the cracks and get like a completely godlike view of the kind of playing environment and it's just really kind of appealing. I, I, I mean, the age rating is a three. <laughs> so it's like very much like a family game. But I think it's just incredibly endearing. I love the way that they separate all the stages across like little storybooks. Um, so there's like three storybooks. And then you get like a bonus set of levels that are post-end credits. Um, and you get to play as Toadette through some of the games. And there's boss fights. So you've got Dragodon, and I think it's Wingo is the other one. Um, so, yeah, just... Just really impressed, like we've said before, that they could take what was just eight aspect of another game and flesh it out enough that it warranted its own release. Um, but kind of delivering spades, like the, the ingenuity of the puzzle design um, is just remarkable, and it's such an approachable game. Like I was saying, there's no time limit. Um, I think Kev was mentioning before, it's the sort of game that you could pick up, play a few. Of the kind of mini stages, and then kind of put it down and come back to. Um, And I love, I love that kind of leisurely style of play. But you still feel like you're making progression because they've separated the game into like those storybooks. So you know, when you get to the end of one and you have a boss fight, you know, you still feel like you've you've accomplished something. Um, And I think it's just, but underneath the the kiddie veneer of the cute characters, there is just like a well-oiled mastermind of game design, and that's just why. I love
0: this game it's definitely on my to play list for sure I I love those sections in uh, Super Mario 3D World, so the idea of playing a full game of that I mean how long is it
3: Uh, I think it's long because I remember I was saying one of the things I liked about um, Rainbow Paintbrush, the Kirby game that was in my top five, is that I knocked it in under 10 hours, I think. This is longer than that. I don't think it's, it's sub- substantially longer. It might be mm. maybe sort of like 10, 12 hours. But again, I think it's how long how completionist you're going to be so to get to the end credits um if you you know it would probably be about 10 hours or so but there are those bonus levels and that's where it changes to be where you're actually going around collecting other toads and you've got to make your way to the end of the level with all of the toads kind of like following you in unison and i must admit they are that that raises the difficulty level you know and it, and it gives you greater challenge so there is going to be some longevity there but it's definitely a game that doesn't outstay its welcome and i think it's like sub 15 quid now, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah, it's something Nintendo selects
4: now.
3: Yeah,
0: it's definitely one I'm going to be playing in 2017.
3: Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of it, but I didn't think I'd played enough
5: of it to um, sort of stick it in my top 10 list or what have you. But for it being an age 3 rating, the difficulty really does ramp up on it. <laughs> it's fiendish. It really is. <laughs> Uh, if you could say that for pretty much any <laughs>
0: Nintendo first party title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super Mario 3D World. Jesus. Yeah, that, that's oh, a three.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's more <laughs> about kind of themes and content yeah. rather than like a measure of how difficult yeah. they are. Yeah.
0: Okay, so Stuart Cullen, what is your number two game of 2016? My number two game
2: is another depressing game descent and the joys that is video games. It's uh, Inside. Um, <laughs> inside is like the sixth sense and that if you know what happens and you know what happens and you'll complain to people if you get told what happens so tough <laughs> shit, you're not getting told <laughs> anything. Um, you can get told briefness but not much. Inside is by Dead Studios uh, the guys that did Lumbo. Um, I like Lumbo, it's it's Lumbo a splash of red. Um you don't know anything, there's no spoken words, there's no written words, you are a young boy who has to run to the right and that's what you keep doing. Um, And it's magical because the whole world's built on the right hand side. Um, But yeah, the whole goal is run to the right. It's a 2D puzzler. If you really want to get snotty about it, yes, the puzzles are too easy, but within that then becomes the richness of the story or what you take for the story because obviously you define what the story is by yourself um, I was amazed by it. I was blown away and yeah it was pretty good um, and I wouldn't complain about it uh, if you liked Wumble you'll like this if you liked treasure hunter you probably will only like
7: this
3: (laughs) I've liked what you've been very delicate in not revealing too much and what you've said has piqued my curiosity and I have heard others talk about it in very glowing terms so you know it's certainly a game that I'm kind of aware of but am I right in thinking was this this was a platform exclusive wasn't it for a time
2: yeah it was on on the Xbox for six months maybe and it's on right. PlayStation. Um okay. but it is not cute, it is not cuddly and it is not f- kid friendly. Um no, no. I understand that Neither from was limbo, limbo, yeah. Folks. Yeah, but Limbo yeah, right. was weird because it was black and white you kinda oh it's just squatting white stuff out of the seed, which you could have took us two things I suppose. Um <laughs> but but in this you, 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 I think they drowning, and it's quite horrific. Um, and I think as well, when you get ravagely ripped apart by dogs, that's quite horrific. Just um, <laughs> spoil it that slight, um, Well there's no spoiling it. That's just you failing. Because um, <laughs> trust me, by the end of it, you'll know what horrific is. Um, yeah, it's a it's a magical title. It's like if Disney made creepy, creepy. Games. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's one of these ones that it needs. It needs, uh, After you play it, you want to sit down with people and talk about it. Problem is, having finished it, there's very few people when I'd finished it that could talk about it, you know what I mean? Because um, a lot of people were kind of like, I mm, don't know, stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really special and it's a decent game. Um, and I would stop right now and go and buy it on any platform you can and play it. It's about four hours, maybe. That'd be five, um and then, if you get all the achievements, trophies, if you would, you learn more about the story as well which is quite a neat thing in itself if you know what I mean and that they've went well you probably might get all the trophies you might get all the achievements well here's another wee nugget of information so it is in your benefit to, to complete the, the achievement list in it as well um, which is again a bit an interesting take
0: um, so yeah inside yeah, there's another one now it's out on um, PS4 I'm just waiting for it to inevitably pop up in a sale uh, and then I'll pay price myself. Worth seriously worth it it's brilliant I
2: can't. I don't give a shit. You're buying games <laughs> with Frank Center. man. buy it. <laughs> buy it. Yeah, you know I mean it's worth it. Trust me, it's it's an amazing title, you know what I mean? It really is.
0: Andy, what is your number two
7: game of twenty sixteen? Uh my number two game, and it's not a piece of shit, is Lego Marvel Superheroes. Mm. From twenty thirteen it is. This is probably one of the best. Lego games I've played up to date. was a new story um, from Marvel, so it wasn't based on the movies or anything. It was based in the Marvel Universe. It was funny. It was so much to do. Oh, maybe too much. Once you finish the main story, you had the Deadpool missions. You had rescuing Stan Lee from all various situations. So much to do Spider-Man missions, racing, all sorts. Um, all the powers of the Marvel superheroes were very individual, so well realised on like I felt like Bat- Lego Batman 2 the flying had been sorted out everything was improved the story was brilliant and it was just a great fun game to play
3: yeah I've spent many a, a time watching my son play through that game and trying to play it with him in co-op but he, he did actually we got to the end of the story mode but he just he refuses now to go and find any of the other kind of side missions He just wants to live in that new york city and he just wants me to find the way of unlocking the characters you know like you can do certain jobs for people yeah. like errands and it unlocks a character mm, Yeah, and that's all that he's obsessed in I'm still trying to get him to do all the other bits and pieces that you say but um no from what I've seen like you know playing it kind of alongside him he's enjoyed it immensely like it's just uh, really kind of immersive for him and like you said it's a great kind of crossover the way that you get all of these different characters um thrown together like um, it's like much more than like the Marvel cinematic universe you know, yeah. you've literally got all of these characters find it, how they managed to kind of do that story where they could bring all the baddies together and you know the goodies like fight them and also little cameos for different characters like towards the end um, it was really well done even though I know it's not like, very tongue-in-cheek
7: it was a uh, quite a feat of storytelling yeah it's gone by it
0: okay Ali what is your number two game of the year
1: My number two game of the year is Forza Horizon 3. It was very close to being number one. I do love my Forza games, mainly what my YouTube channel is based on. And I wasn't too sure about this one, if I'm honest. I'm more towards the simulation side of it, Mm. as opposed to the quirkiness of the Horizon games. But it's really good. Being in Australia, there's enough of a mix of varieties of different environments and stuff for you to race around. And the fact that they've allowed you to create your own kind of festival and you can open what you want when you want and do what race when you want it's just so open and like a massive racing sandbox Um, it ticks all the boxes for me it's really really good fun yeah fantastic game Uh, didn't quite make my number one which we'll go into later Uh, but yeah fantastic
0: my number two game of the year which was so close to being my number one I I wrestled for quite a few days deciding which of my top two was going to be in which order and this was very nearly my number one um, because it is an incredible game and that is Overwatch uh, which I've been playing on the PS4. It shouldn't be as good as it is but then at the same time you kind of not not really surprised so this is the first shooter that Blizzard have ever made but Blizzard have done what they've done with so many genres before, uh, taken something that somebody has done before. Uh, in this case, sort of like the um, character-based squad shooter, uh, kind of like Team Fortress Two, and then also incorporated little elements of like mobas in in a, in a way. Um, and they've made they've pr- they've outdone the competition on their first ever attempt, the same as they did when they when they decided to make uh, an MMO. just decided, we're going to make an MMO. Oh, it's the biggest MMO in the world. What a surprise. Um, It's a brilliant squad-based shooter. Um, All of the characters in it are really vibrant and and fun and colourful and great to play with. uh, And most importantly, incredibly well-balanced. I mean, this is like a fighting game in a way in that every single character... Is, is perfectly balanced with all the other characters, and it's like 23 characters now. And they all have their own unique abilities and their own unique advantages, but then other characters will always have a hard counter to each of the characters. So you have like this crazy, frenetic uh, gameplay where it's not like you pick a character at the beginning of the game and that's the character you stick with, although, unfortunately, that's the way a lot of people play it. Um, they have one favorite character that they'll play every single match. Uh, but the way you're supposed to play it is depending on the situation, um, at what point you are in the map, um, whether you're attacking or defending, like change up your character to uh, as a hard counter to what the other team's got, and then they'll change up their, their squad base, and then you'll change up yours, and then it's just this great push and pull. Ali and, and, and Adam, you've both played this this year, haven't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep.
0: yeah um and it, it's it's brilliant isn't it
1: yeah yeah for saying yeah. it's the, like you say the first shooter that blizzard have, have ever attempted um and it's kind of a moba but kind of not and it's just kind of ticks all the boxes for a, a fairly mm. casual yet hardcore shooter it's yeah, yeah loads of fun
0: it's easy to. It's another one. of Those ones are sort of easy to get into, but then has a lot of depth to yeah, it. Yeah,
6: and you can still contribute without um, getting any yeah. kills, which is always a big plus yes. for me. Um, yeah, like you can be a healing character and very even if you're a healer in like a battlefield and stuff, you still feel like sometimes you have to contribute by still killing people. But in this, mm-hmm. if you're one of the healing characters, you absolutely don't have to, which is brilliant for me. Yeah.
0: So, like, the character that I've got the most time in is uh, Reinhardt, who is... I think the only character in the game who doesn't have like a projectile attack. Like he's just got a giant hammer. So if anyone comes too close, then you can swing the hammer at them. Um, But Reinhardt, just what you're supposed to be doing with him is like throwing up a big shield and helping your team push on the objective. And that's the character I like playing as the most. And so I'll finish a game with maybe one or two kills, but still end up like on the end of like round sort of like awards board just because I've been sat on the objective for the most amount of time and I've pushed back helped the, my team push back the enemy or help defend a point yeah um it's the perfect shooter for people who aren't necessarily good at shooters because a lot of the, there are characters in there which require pinpoint accuracy and people who like that sort of character are going to pick those. But then there's plenty of them that don't like you can play uh, a healer. You can play a support character. You can play a character who puts down defensive turrets or something like that. Uh, or like the new character Sombra, who's all about running around and hacking enemies and just causing mischief. Um, there is a character for whatever sort of playstyle you want to approach the game in, um, and it just encourages you to try out new characters to try and change up your 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 playstyle, and so you don't get stuck into the same routine in every single map. Um, there isn't a huge number of maps uh, as it is no. at the moment, um, but Blizzard are being really good in that. Um, They've got like a microtransaction system for buying cosmetics, but they are that's it. They're literally cosmetics. The characters have set loadout of of weapon and equipment, and that doesn't change uh, because any adjustment to that would throw off the balance. Um, and through this microtransaction system, they're helping to fund the fact that all future characters and all maps are completely free. And given Blizzard's track record. Um, This is going to be a game that they're going to support for years. Uh, It's got a massive player base. It's already, they're making a push list to be like a a legitimate esport. And given how popular it is in South Korea and places like that, I can see it really taking off as an esport. It's the most exciting shooter I've played this year. Uh, It's up there with Splatoon in terms of like fun, colorful team based shooters. Uh, I absolutely love it. number one the big reveals of the year are top games of 2016 uh kev and lee i understand you've both got the same game so thought you might want to double team this one
3: yeah game from all yeah. the way back in 2013
4: <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead kev do the honors um shall we try and do it together it is <laughs> Super, Super Mario, Mario 3D,
3: 3D World.
2: World. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no training was needed.
4: <laughs> yeah, what a superb game. I've come to the Wii U game pretty late. Me and Mark both bought ours last year on Black Friday. And I think I've hit it at exactly the right moment because... For me, it's really hit a renaissance period now, with the select titles coming out, you know, at £15 a game, there's some ridiculous titles in there, and this was one of them. This has been a fine year for the Wii U completely, uh, on a personal standpoint as well, because suddenly, I've got a console that I can actually play while my kid is still around, and not have to turn off, because I'm going to be scared that it's either going to have something terrifying visually or it's going to start cursing or it's just going to be really just not family friendly now this, this is a game where all of us have got involved, my partner in- included, and she's not been gaming now for years, and um, she's become a bit of a dab hand at it, and uh, it's kind of embarrassing because she can actually play it better than me now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I, I'm always living in the shadow of the wife when it comes to these yeah, games. <laughs> yeah,
4: I, I put it down to practice. She gets more time to practice than I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, story-wise, again, it's very kind of um, brief. But ultimately, you're Mario and friends, and you're trying to rescue like these sort of fairy creatures yeah. called Sprixies um, from Bowser. But it's all like your standard kind of Mario franchise templates in that you, you know, you're collecting. <clears throat> well, in this, what's great about it is that you can play through the level to get to the flag and kind of ignore the green stars. But really, once you start trying to collect everything. you know going for those green stars I think shows just how brilliantly accessible but also clever and challenging the level design is Um, Mm. and I just would completely echo your sentiments Kev it's the it's the mixture of that level design the beautiful visuals the wonderful music but with that fun joyous family multiplayer and I think that's what really elevates this um, above you know other past mario games for me that have got a bigger reputation i Mm. would put this right up there with you know the mario galaxies because you know they really did now that whole idea that you could play a co-op um because it's the first mario game that you can play co-op you know yes from start to finish
4: it's ridiculous when you do play co-op it's just chaos
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry first 3d mario game i should say because i think they did have co-op in um like the new Mario Brothers series on Wii and Wii U, like the 2D platformer. Mm. But, yeah, no, it's just a phenomenal game, fantastically varied worlds. Um, I'm still stuck on that final bonus world, you know, the one that's only got the sort of one main level, Champions Road. Um, And then the Captain Toad... Oh, no, I've done the Captain Toad level. It's the... um, the mystery house where it contains like the three green stars that you have to do in a yes. marathon, like you have to get from start to finish. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's going to exactly I'm going to still be <laughs> banging my head against the brick wall yes. doing that. But um other than that, I've completed everything else in, in the game and it's just uh, been a sheer joy and easily, you know, my one of my most kind of cherished experiences gaming wise with the family on the Wii U. So that's why it's my number one. Yeah, mm.
4: Yeah, well, we completed it. I, I say we because all three of us have been having a bash at this, but um, we completed it, and I thought, right, that's it, final. We've seen the end credits. And then, of course, the rocket ship comes down and opens <laughs> up a whole new level that ends up being nearly as big as the game that you've just played. You know, So you've ended up <laughs> with all these extra levels that are thrown in, and you think, good God, how much content do you want to throw into a game? And then you start looking at the levels that you've got, and you realise this is a gift that's never going to stop giving. And then, last week, we found out that there's a secret um, Super Luigi Brothers 8-bit game hidden yeah. in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is actually there on the menu. You can click it at any time, and I just never noticed it. Oh, what a mug. But, yeah, I uh, think it
3: unlocks once you've done the end credits. Like, I think that's ah, what it comes that makes sense, out. that
4: makes sense, yeah. But, uh, yeah,
0: this game is something you can you can go back to time and time again. Even if you're not particularly a fan of Nintendo games or like, or the characters or the design or anything like that, I think this is one of those games that you've got to appreciate from a gameplay design point of view because it perfectly encapsulates the Nintendo ethos of like form follows function, Yeah, where the, like, they come up with a gameplay conceit first and then everything else comes after that. Exactly, and so the gameplay is king in that. In, that, in it, it's, it's and the, the, the mechanics uh, uh, that they introduce—they never outstay their welcome because they're on the most part only in there for one level, and then it's on to something else, and then something else.
3: And I love Cat Bowser. Oh, spoiler, <laughs> Cat Bowser.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, Stuart Neal, what is your favourite game of 2016?
5: My favourite game that I've played this year is The Stanley Parable. Hey, <laughs> Just an amazing experience. The Stanley Parable is a first-person exploration game where you're basically exploring an abandoned office and... Kind of trying to work out what you're doing while you're exploring. There is a narrator um, talking over the top of you and you know, telling, uh, sort of giving little hints maybe about what is going on and sort of describing what you're doing. Whenever you realise that you can break off from the hints or <laughs> tips and things that the narrator is giving you and go exploring your own little way, that's when the fun begins because. The game has been developed so well that the narrator starts reacting to you, um, going off on your own little tangent and trying to get you back onto the story and everything. Um, The game is so wonderfully realised. It's so well designed. You know, Mm. you think to yourself, well, if I go down this corridor, what's it going to be? But there's something there. And there's little sort of, um, there's Easter eggs, there's little um, almost... uh, sort of little hunts that you go around um, turning off computer screens and things and they all eventually do a thing there's opening up certain doors um, whether or not the narrator tells you to or not um, I even managed to do like an almost impossible leap um, which I'm not even sure I was supposed to do but yet the narrator still managed to keep up with me and um.
6: <laughs> oh yeah I know the one you mean that one's clever because yeah. that's one you think you shouldn't be able to do and when you pull it off it's like oh my god they thought of everything <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> It's just a wonderful experience um, hmm. I would heartily recommend Anybody going out and having a go at this um, As I say it's now A, a three year old game And uh, the people behind it have went on to do Both uh, Dr. Landerskov and the uh, The Beginner's Guide Um, as separate games and both of those are certainly worth playing but the Stanley Parable in itself is just a wonderful encapsulation um, of the ideas and things that they got together and they just managed to knock it out of the park nearly um, practically first time Um, even the demo on Steam is a completely different game to the game that the Stanley Parable is so even Mm. the demo is worth playing um, if you're undecided about having a go at it it will give you a really good flavour of the humour and everything um, within the game itself but not reveal any part of that
0: I'd say even if you've played the game and haven't played the demo go back and play the demo as well (laughs) yeah you can do that too whereas the game is kind of like a commentary on player agency because like the narrator starts off trying to explain the story Mm -hmm. and then when you start if you start deviating from his instructions then he you know breaks (laughs) the fourth it's called breaks the fourth wall and you realize that it's a it's you know it's it's a game uh, and the narrator is aware that it's a game and he starts berating you for not going along with the instructions and and ruining the experience that he's designed for you Mm -hmm. Um, and then the demo is sort of like a commentary on video game demos in a very similar sort of
5: very Douglas Adams-esque sense of humour. Yeah, even the achievements have the way that they've been designed you know, there's um, oh, God, yeah. I, you know, there's things like basically turning the Stanley Parable off and not playing it for, I think it's either something ridiculous like a year or even, even year. more ridiculous for, I think, uh, um, that was going to say five years I think I'd read somewhere, but yeah, I think it is a year and You know, there's other things about sort of trying to open a door so many ridiculous times. There's people who have found little easter egg endings of, um... I'm not going into anything, but by doing something, um, they almost find, like, a hidden ending as such. Um, There's stopping a baby, um like it's a cardboard cut out of a baby um, sort of crawling towards um, a fire and what have you and people have made their own little keyboard macros and things so they don't actually have to um, keep pressing the button and things like that to try and get around of it there's um, an achievement for trying to go into the sort of background files and things and almost hacking um, and getting into like the developer's terminal and everything um, to try and do it that way just so well put together fantastic mm. absolutely fantastic yeah, yeah, it and,
3: is. Um, you gents were kind enough to gift this to me for my uh, birthday this year, so I'll definitely be playing this uh, and hopefully it might feature on my list You know, in 12 months' time. I really hope so, like. Yeah, um, you really should.
5: Yeah, it's uh, just so wonderful.
0: A single playthrough takes four what, minutes, 10, 15 minutes, maybe? Four minutes, yeah. I four minutes if you dare it the right way yeah if you follow all the instructions it doesn't last long at all but even if you deviate at every point it doesn't last very long either mm-hmm. and i'm right kind of thinking
3: like, you guys have played it multiple times is that kind of like how you should experience yeah, you, it
5: you, you complete it within like the first 10 minutes or so and then you yeah. spend the next two hours going around it trying to see what else you can do in it. Right, it's, yeah. it's that sort of yeah. game it's there's fantastic. so many variations yeah, yeah.
3: So you like as a kind of barometer, like you should be putting in about four plus hours at least, in to kind um, of really two to three, it. yeah. Okay.
5: Um, is yeah. would give you a really good broad experience of um, what's it? What's in the game. But everything you do, there's an opposite,
2: so that's the kind of measure. So what you do the first time the opposite the next time yes yes right Got it. each choice then you can choose one then choose the other then choose the next thing you, do you know what I mean so it's until you fulfil your neediness to know what each option option op- offers you know what I
3: mean yep fascinating well I, I'll get to it I uh, just need to you know actually bother to log into Steam
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a waste <laughs> alright Stuart Cullen your favourite game of the year please it could only be one It could only be one as Highlander Highlander said "Yes." <laughs> as the dragon
2: stood down the mountain And said to him And Ramirez went You're a bad man um, Yeah um, My number one For 2016 Is the one The only Forza Horizon free. And if you never saw that coming You know nothing about me <laughs> um, It's a really special game And it's kind of cemented itself Within my psyche, you know, if you know what I mean. Um, as a game, Ali uh, like covered pretty much spot on. Um, it's. what can I say about it? It's amazing, it's fun, it's enjoyable. If you don't like it, I'm going to phone the doctor for you right now. Um, it's just pure. just something special But just being in it and driving down a road and the sun coming up on the side and the sky going that blue, reddy colour and just the tunes playing which whether that's through uh, the game or through your uh, groove or whatever or your iCloud or your not iCloud what's it called um, I forget what you call it but Microsoft's Cloud it's just there's there, there's just something so special about it
1: um, it's car on at it its best isn't it I'd say yeah
2: yeah um, we um, I did the math this week I've I've ru- um, twenty. Well, today I've wrote eighteen pieces on it for my page, um, which connects to either Forza Horizon Three or the community. Um, and by the end of the year, I've done twenty pieces um, in total. Um, it's really special. It's a really game that's, that's kind of that captivated my first year doing what I do. Um, meeting Ralph Fulton was amazing. Um, I'd look, looked up to the guy forever and this year's Eurogamer I was lucky enough to go to the dev session and get to talk to him for a wee bit again, fellow Scottish guy um, really down to earth guy he gave me an interview prior to it and just he was he was the man he was really good um, the community Ali I've met through Forza and yep. the rest of them you know what I mean I, I now have a really lovely painted uh, Warthog thanks to Stu who's a, a phenomenal painter who's done
1: amazing work some I'll of the get... stuff we'd, we'd probably have to do a, a separate episode on it but some of these painters as well oh, the um, I'm more of a tuner I, I drive the cars but some of the stuff that they paint mm-hmm. and Stu has replicated the, the front cover of the main image which is the Lambo Ev- on the beach Yep, and, and he's he also done, done the, Blizzard the Blizzard Mountain one on. as well.
2: Yeah. Um, uh. And he did, uh, he, did a, he did the Warthog up with Cortana, so he's done like a, a kind of full realistic Katana for me. And then Jamie, who's part of the car club in I'm in as well, he's tuned my Warthog, so I've now got the yep. special one. Um, I've Forza over a guy, I've met hundreds of guys for it, and every asset of Forza. Um, I was a Forza fan before getting it this year, and obviously with my position stuff, I've really been able to shine a spotlight on of race here which Joe Blugs will sit and go oh, it's just a driving game but no it's guys crafting artwork it's guys sitting forever tuning that ride to be perfect it's it's the racers it's the esports. it's the, it's just everything about it and I think Forza Horizon is ethos is a festival uh, driving and it really is and even like I come back every Friday night to do the Forza Forzathon is basically a <laughs> weekly thing that's a challenge there's usually four challenges and I've got better things to do in my time than jump or 50 jumps Yeah, right? but I have to do it I just have to do it because In a
1: Ferrari no less as well Yeah,
2: in a Ferrari <laughs> um, yeah. I think there's been three months solid so far I've got every single Phone complete Bar one week where I couldn't do it because I was away and it was driving me nuts. <laughs> because, but they're redoing them, they're reinstating past ones, but it's just the case, it's great fun being able to go in, do your bit in Phone, and then take a screenshot, put it up, and then you've got people interacting with you with Phone.
1: I think the worst thing for me is the fact that it is an exclusive because guys that don't have an Xbox for, you know, like Kev would probably. Get yeah, an Xbox One, but there's not enough games there that's drawing him to it mm. on, on the PS4 yeah. and whatnot. Um, it's such a good game, uh, especially if you're into driving and especially the Horizon ones that are not so much more arcadey, but there's just it's not as serious racing. It's more yeah. having fun mm. and cocking around in the cars and stuff and it's just such a shame that other people can't experience that without getting Xbox One or a PC powerful enough it is just the the, the purest purest
2: fun and I know people have poo pooed it and went uh, no no it's the essential racing game for us, Horizon you put on and it's just a blast and you you just gun that lambo down that straight road and just forget about the world's worries headphones on tunes blazing that's me at (laughs) 4 half 4 in the morning every Friday now um really special really, really dare, special dare really. I
1: say that I think Horizon is that kind of racing game that's a little bit in the same realm as Overwatch and Titanfall in terms of you can just get in a car chuck all the power onto it and drive and it's fine yeah. it's not going to punish you whereas yeah. if you did the Forza Motorsport series and did that you wouldn't get anywhere and you'd be spinning off and things so. something I have yes. in common
6: with Burnout Paradise which is the last racing game I loved as much as this one yeah. Mm,
1: yeah. It's, still,
2: it's, it's the madness of being able to take, like, to have a hyper super Zonda next to my warthog.
7: <laughs> they shouldn't yeah. Work. Yeah. One's a fictional <laughs>
2: car, one's an actual car. But once the, the green light goes and you're running through checkpoints, you're as fast, if not faster, on corners. And it's just, it is
0: just pure pleasure. Andy, your favourite game of the year, please.
7: Yeah, it's actually one of the few games I've actually played that was released in 2016. Um, really? uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> like me old games, but yeah, it's a 2016 release, and it is Doom. First of all, Doom, if you didn't know, is in it. FPS and it was released to a bit of a lap luster. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Doom's a first person shooter? Oh, uh, yeah. It's a bit of we'd like to provide information on um, Laps Gamers. This is news so, to me. I no idea. Uh, I thought it was a turn
0: based strategy game. Well, <laughs> I
7: thought it was a cute,
0: cute simulator. Yeah.
7: So, to all you Laps Gamers, it is an FPS. It was released a bit of a lacklustre demo, I would say. The multiplayer was um, released. I played the multiplayer, didn't really enjoy it. It wasn't that great. Um, the single player was kept secret. And then it came out and it got great reviews. Took my fancy, picked it up, and really, really did enjoy it. I know Adam mentioned it earlier. his top five and I just have to agree with everything he said. The pace of it, the lack of story we just ignore the start of it. So when someone's trying to give you exposition, the Doom character just hits the machine and smashes it, so it doesn't, it doesn't really give a shit about it. The speed of it is unbelievable. The jump mechanic where you can jump on platforms, the risk-reward mechanic, so you are, if you're close to dying, you can actually gain health by um, killing uh, monsters and demons in hand-to-hand. You can actually gain more ammo that way as well. Everything was just brilliant and spot on about it. It actually refined FPSs, and it was just a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and that's my number one.
0: Yeah, I guess like the consensus is in terms of like because the multiplayer is a bit, meh, mm. but in terms of like a campaign, um, yeah, its software came back and said, you know, we are the masters, and created brilliant. By all accounts, I mean, I have only played, like, the first level that they released as a demo, but by all accounts, like, the best first-person shooter campaign of the year, hands down.
7: For what I've played, yeah. For what I've played. Mm. And in recent years, you know, everything about it is fine-tuned, and I just don't understand why... wasn't marketed as well for this first person. They, they kept it secret. As it is, it's, in, it's a sleeper hit. It's one of those games that people probably remember Doom Three and the claustrophobic corridors. Hmm. Oh, this is <laughs> yeah. This is more open world in, in its in its way that its designed But you can take different routes. I think a lot of the fanfare should have came for the fact that after the back the Wolfenstein
2: reboot because the yeah. same it was it was this, it's kind of for the same stable as that. And we've had Wolfenstein, we had Wolfenstein and the old blood, so. It's kind of known oh. quantity you know what I mean these guys can handle themselves you know what I mean um, and it was like you say they never really took on, but very much you know what I mean which is a bit of shame but they'll definitely make a sequel I think definitely
7: yeah it should do but like I said everything about it the refinements to the mechanics were really carefully thought out I and mean, they not massive difference you know so that risk reward mechanic of when you're losing health and you're close to it, I mean, you have to get close combat. You do the chainsaw sort of like uh, motion. Cord kill. Yeah, that, that's you know, it's not a really massive step forward, but it adds something to the Doom formula. The fact that you can grip, jump on platforms up, you know, before you couldn't really jump hardly. Now you can. they are not massive differences, and not you know, but they add enough. To keep you interested.
0: I guess while we're on the subject, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my favourite new YouTube channel of 2016, uh, Danny O'Dwyer's No Clip, um, sort of like series, a like short series of video game documentaries. And at time of recording um, today, uh, the first episode of the Doom series has launched. So, like, it interviews and behind the scenes talks about, uh, about Doom. So, get on YouTube, Ooh. search for No Clip, get that watched. Right, Uh, so as it happens, me, Ali, and Adam have all picked the same game for our number one. Are we going to say it together, or should I just say Uh, it? Say it together, I want to see if you're Say a
3: couple of syllables each.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Say it like a choir. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll just just say it. So, our uh, favourite game of 2016 is uh, Hitman, which I guess for all three of us came as a bit of a surprise, uh, especially off the back of uh, Hitman Absolution, which was a bit shit. This, I mean, when they first announced it, they said, we're bringing out a new Hitman game. It's going to be more in keeping with the original Hitman, but we're going to release it episodically. Suddenly, alarm bells started ringing. Um, I don't like the idea of releasing that sort of game. It's not like a Telltale game when you can release it in episodes where it's kind of like a TV show. I, I thought, this doesn't seem to work at all, but it does, and it fits... The way that you, the way that you play Hitman, at least the way you're supposed to play Hitman, absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Because this game is more than any other game I've ever played. It's about the art of repetition. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and perfecting and um, then finding all the little quirks about those missions. And I think there was enough in the intro pack to keep you going because you had the the training missions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Um, obviously, we've got we've had the missions after that, as well as the elusive targets. Uh, you've said it before, Mark. It's the, the the game that just keeps on giving. I mean, like we're probably not going to talk too much about it because
0: hopefully, shortly after this episode comes out, we should have a uh, special episode. On uh, Hitman, I bought the, the like the season pass for it. So you get the intro level with like uh, a series of training missions, and then the Paris level. And even those levels alone, it's just like infinitely replayable. Uh, you can go in and try different because the way it operates is, is the way that Hitman always used to be before Absolution, which is you have a starting point and you have a target, and you're in a sandbox. And how you take out that target is completely up to you. So, you can go in and you can experiment and play around, but then it also offers you sort of pointers. You have like the opportunities that present themselves to you, so you can learn like interesting ways that you can take out the target. Um, Once you've done those and you've played around uh, in the levels for a while, then they'll like start dropping like elusive targets where you have a short window of time, like 48 to 72 hours or something like that to to go in, take out this target, and you get one opportunity to do it. If you fail, you don't get another chance. If you manage to succeed, but you didn't do it as nicely as you wanted to, that's it. You're done. Um, And then there the the escalations where it says, like, go into the level and kill this character in this particular way, and then you do that. And then it's like, okay, go in and kill that character in that particular way, and then do this. And then it keeps escalating it, and then there's like the challenges that like uh, that the people can like uh, creating challenges and putting them up, um, which unfortunately isn't cross-platform, which is a bit annoying because I know you're uh, you you guys are p- both playing on Xbox One and I'm yeah. on uh, PS4, yeah. so we can't set challenges of each other, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but it's just there's so many layers of so many levels of things to do. Um, so whenever they, I mean, it's there's always like a month or two between um, each. Level dropping, yeah, um, which just gives you the opportunity to go in and just play it over and over again, and it never gets boring because there's so many different ways you can experiment.
6: That's like the perfect,
0: they had the perfect
6: amount of time, I feel, for each episode dropping, enough yeah. elusive targets dropping in between. Um, like I guess they had that bonus episode that was like that movie set one, um, yeah that's the biggest thing for me I think any game that can keep in that like zeitgeist for an entire almost an entire year like since March when it first came out deserves like a great deal of praise because we have so many episodic games coming out now and I know like Telltale managed to do it with the first Walking Dead but then a lot of their other games kind of don't have that same attention on them maybe because they brought out so many and that might happen to Hitman ultimately but for
0: 2016 it hasn't well it, I mean it's, like, it looks like it's going to carry on going because we're going to yeah. get a second season as well and then maybe a third like however long they, they decide that they can keep on going with this engine and the engine is fine yeah. they just need to create new levels and and whatnot but yeah it's like the way they've done it has meant that it's managed to stay in the forefront of like gaming discussions throughout the year, because like whereas other games would come out and there'd be a lot of hype around them and then people to play them and then it's kind of done. Yeah. Um, every time a new elusive tiger comes out or a new episode comes out of, of Hitman people start talking about it yeah. again. And so there's just been, like, this constant discussion throughout the year. It's like, oh, there's a new Hitman level coming out, or oh, there's a new el- elusive target, and it's it's worked. The the, the the episodic system has worked perfectly. The other thing that works kind of hand-in-hand hand with that is, like, the mastery system. So every time
6: you beat the level using a new method, you get new unlocks, whether it be yeah. new starting locations, new costumes, uh, new weapons. So it kind of works with that and yeah. helps you build up those opens up new areas, new routes to fin- to eventually build up to be able to do those silent assassin kills. So yeah, it's a fantastic game.
0: That is our game of uh, 2016.
6: So whilst we've been going through this process, i kind of been tallying up who's picked what games and stuff to try and help us make a collective top five that we can kind of say is LGR's stuff. Top five. Um, we actually... Bizarrely, made it a lot easier for me because we only picked five number ones between all of us,
7: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so <laughs> I
6: made my job super easy. Um, so, no particular order, I guess. LGR's collective top ten is Super Mario 3D World, The Stanley Parable, Hitman forza horizon 3 and doom i'm also going to put together as part of our top uh, six to tens i'm also going to do a six to ten for the blog as well so by the end of that we will have a list of like a top 10 lgr games for 2016
3: yeah so that's the collective top yeah. five and uh, just looking down that it's it's nicely uh, kind of representative of the fact that we are all quite different you know yeah, like yeah, we've obviously definitely. got different gaming tastes and different personalities but you know hopefully like when we all come together we uh, you know don't want to kill each other but um, no it's nice to see like quite a variety of different types of game in that top five so
6: i think that's quite interesting all five of those games you could recommend to a lapse game in some form and they could jump in yeah Yeah, even doom has an easy mode so for somebody that played doom back in the day and wants to get back into shooters these my brother-in-law played it managed to get back into it he hadn't played a shooter for years and then all the other games are really good for like dipping in and out of. So we've done good mm. somehow.
4: <laughs> all these games give you a level of commitment that
0: you can vary depending on your taste. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Quick shout out then. I just want to thank all of the listeners who contributed to their top five uh, lists this year, and well, I just like to thank anybody who's tuned into Laps Gamer Radio over the over the last year. I mean. We've gone through a bit of a renaissance during 2016. 2015, We had our output was kind of patchy Sporady, and lengthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put out a few episodes that were gargantuan in length. Um, this year, we've managed to put out at least an episode pretty much every single week. Um, the crew's doubled in size, um, and the, the number of listeners we've had has, has increased massively. So... Thanks to anyone, everyone. Thanks to, 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 to the guys who've joined this year. Um, Absolutely. And thanks to yeah. uh, to mm-hmm. everyone who's yeah. uh, who's tuned in over the last year. We we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to listen to us whittle on about video games for an hour or two every week.
3: Yeah, and we'd love to hear you know more from the listeners in terms of people that have returned to the hobby or you know even people that are very much fully in bloom of their gaming. We're always keen to hear your anecdotes and you know share your experiences with us. So, as
0: always, you can get in touch with us, uh, send us questions, suggestions, feedback, or anything else you'd like us to read out on the show. Uh, you can send in emails to lapsedgamerradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at lapsedgamer. Uh, you can like and leave comments on our Lapsed Gamer radio. Facebook page and add yourself to the LGR community Facebook group uh, you can check out the Lapsed Gamer YouTube channel as well as our occasional Lapsed Gamer Twitch channel broadcasts and for more additional contents um, and for more information about our episodes and contact details head over to the LGR blog which is lapsedgamer.com uh, and remember to look out for each of our LGR um, team members like t- uh, picks from 10 to 6 I think we'll probably end up posting up the full top 10s uh, on there, uh, on on the blog. Um, which will be added uh, over the next uh, few weeks finally you can find all our podcast episodes to stream or mp3 download at our podbean web address which is lapsedgamerradio.podbean.com also please be so kind as to subscribe and review Lapse gamer radio on itunes Uh, thanks for listening today we hope you've enjoyed our two-part favorite games played for 2016 show and fingers crossed we reminded you of games you now feel compelled to invest some time uh, some more time in and you know maybe mentioned a Few that you probably should avoid. (coughs) Mad Max. (laughs) 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 So I guess all that's left to be said is uh, thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye,
3: everyone, and great talking to you, chaps. Yeah, same. 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 Goodbye. See you later.
6: Cheers.